Hey guys, it's Brad with College Sportscast. First and foremost, Happy New Year. Hope everybody had a great holiday. So Happy New Year, everybody. This is College Sportscast weekend wrap-up show and a little bit of the Big Fuss Show combo after the college football playoffs. Semifinals. I heard a fan offer free dipping dogs if I blew it. I wanted to have some fun, you know, execute. I had bombs. Stay as a team, execute, give 100%. Dipping dogs sound good. All right, guys, welcome back. Brad with College Sportscast. I have John Hammonds on with me tonight. What's up, Hammonds? What's up, man? Did you have a good new year? Mm-hmm. Did you do anything special? I ate Not really. Ate and watched Not. watched NFL football. I mean, they wasn't a lot of basketball games on. Um, yeah. Christmas. I mean, you had a few bowl games, but other than that, there was not a lot of going on in terms of a lot of teams had a lot of weeks off, and there's still teams that haven't even played yet. So, yeah, um, we're getting into the grind though. Conference season starting up and. You know, this is one of my favorite times of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, of course, the big thing really in college sports yesterday um, was the college football playoff semifinals. We had two great games. Um, mm -hmm. Both games actually came down to a fourth and goal. Um yeah. And and both you know both games a team had a chance to put it in the end zone and either mm -hmm. tie or win, um, you know at the very end. So it was a pretty competitive day. Um, the first one we're going to talk about tonight was the first uh, college football playoff game yesterday, and that was the Rose Bowl. Mm -hmm. um, it was between Alabama and Michigan. Yep, and. Yep. I mean, my initial thoughts on this game, John, I thought this game was kind of sloppy. I did too. Um, I didn't think Alabama really played their best game. Um, I, I didn't think Michigan played their best game. Um, Michigan, Michigan played sloppy too, especially early. The special um, teams was terrible in the beginning. It was. And, and, it, and it almost cost them the game. At yeah. the end of the game, when the guy it went over his head and he bumped, he had to fall on the ball at the one yard line. Like that was that was a disaster time there as well. Like you give Alabama the game, you give Alabama the game there if you don't pick up that ball. Um, so I feel oh, like no. and then Alabama had snapping problems. I mean, all day long they were like just dribbling the ball down the field on the snaps. Well, another thing too. Alabama's defense, they could – another thing, they just couldn't step up at key moments to stop Blake Corum. Um, Blake Corum just made 
so many great plays toward down the stretch, and Alabama just had no answer for him. Um, you know, he well, was. I in, mean, I think he, he was did. In. Yeah, he did. Corm, but Corm's an absolute one of the best backs in college football the last two years as well. Yeah, he, he is. So, you know, but well, you know, through the first three quarters, was kind of sloppy. Well, through the first three quarters, I kind of thought Michigan was the most more dominant team. And then Alabama kind of figured it out at the end of the third quarter going into the fourth. And it just seemed like one play would change every every part of this game. And to me, that one play was in the overtime. Um, with and If a lot of people didn't see it, um, the play I'm talking about is the last, the fourth down call with Alabama um, with Jalen Mildrow. Apparently, the 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 tackle or the guard, I can't, it, yeah, it was the guard. He blocked right, and he had a hole open up on the left side. And apparently, Milrow did not see that hole, and he went the opposite way. Um, it was a screw. I'm going to tell you right now. I have seen a dead view of what Milrow was looking at. And he ran straight into a wall of players. Yeah. If he I mean, goes to if he goes to his left, if he goes to his left, it's a touchdown. So Dave, Jerry Carter, Josh, appreciate you guys being on with us. Uh, just want to mention that. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, so we're talking about Alabama and Michigan. You know, I thought late in this game. You know, it looked like Alabama was going to, even though Michigan maybe had played better, looked like mm -hmm. Alabama was going to win this. They get the ball back, drive late, score late to tie it, take it to overtime. And in two plays, Corm takes him 25 yards and scores a TD, um, you know, once Michigan's, you know, in overtime. And he just wasn't going to be denied on that play. I mean, he ran over top of two or three guys, spun to get in. I mean, he just wasn't going to be denied. On well, that and another, another thing, too, that I thought that they should have done was on the fourth down play, they should have at least tried to pass it because you never know. Some, they could be a pass interference, throw it up to the end zone and see what happens. But, you know, they had been – if you, if you look at the fourth quarter, though, they had been running on the ground pretty good. And up until that play, they had done a lot of stuff on the ground with Milrow in that second half. And you just – you go with the guy that you, it's brought you there and ultimately it didn't work out and Michigan's playing for the national championship next week, which Michigan deserves to be. Um, they played hard. They they done what they needed to do to win. Um, I'm going to tell you something. Michigan's front four – and their defense is an absolute load. I mean, they had, the defense played a well of a game. Really I mean, good. they had five sacks at halftime, and then that's going to be. And they're not even counting. So apparently, in college football, when there's a bad snap and it rolls on the darn ground, and you cover, and the quarterback covers the snap, apparently they mm -hmm. don't count that as a sack in college football because. They had two or three of those after they had five sacks in the first half, mm -hmm. and they wasn't counting those when I was watching mm -hmm. the King last night. 
So I didn't know that. You learn something new every day. But apparently, if the quarterback covers a bad snap, that's not a sack. I mean, they had a ton of sacks. I think they had seven in the mm-hmm. game, but they had probably two or three more where Jalen Milrow had to cover up bad snaps. Mm-hmm. I mean, their defense was unbelievable. And, and they've well, had great defense all, all year. I well, mean, I'm not saying they two, did something yesterday. That two, was Alabama, Alabama's offensive line, what, the last couple of years has not been Alabama football. They've just not been your normal Alabama offensive line. Um, there, there's been some issues there up front. So, um, and, and another key stat that is kind of amazing to me, this will be the third straight year without an Alabama championship. Um, that's not to say that Alabama is still not the gold standard. They're still the team to watch for every single year. They're still, they still recruit pretty high. Um, it's hard to win a national championship. I tell people this all the time. You know, you look at March. You look at March Madness. I tell people all the time in March Madness, you have to have a lot of luck go your way, and you have to have a lot of things happen. You know, you got to hit shots. You got to have the. I wouldn't say the refs in your back pocket, but you at least got to have some calls go your way to to win to win the tournament. Um, You know, you look back at the 2019 Final Four. We had the infamous double dribble with Virginia. Um, certain things like that, you got to have some luck that goes your way and, and propels you into a championship. And sometimes you just don't have that luck at, at certain points. And at the end of the day, Michigan done what they need to do, which, you know, a lot of people want to say, well, you know, Michigan cheats, Michigan does this. You know, if they win it all, they're going to have it. You know, you still have to perform on the field. No matter you what do. you know, I agree with you, you still have to perform on the field. I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, this is it's not like it's not like that's actually going to um do something in the game as far as you still gotta make the plays. Mm-hmm. You gotta yeah, perform you on the field. You gotta give it to Jim Harbaugh. I mean, it took him a while, but in the last two or three years, he's really come on, I think, and mm-hmm. he has Michigan. In the championship game, um, this is his first college football playoff win, and it's only his second bowl win in his tenure. Yeah. Michigan had not won a bowl game, guys, since 2015, before yesterday. Like, that's a long time <laughs> that they've been losing bowl games. A long time. So you got to give them credit. J.J. Um, McCarthy promised last year that he would be back and that he would get them there. He came through in the clutch, you know, drove them down the field um, to get the tie and then gets the TV with Corum. Um, in in overtime, so you got to give Michigan all the credit in the world. I mean, when you're going up against Bama, that's always one of the best teams in the in the country, and they got the job done yesterday. So, you you know you you have to you have to give them all the credit in the world. 
And as far as Bama, so Bama was the only SEC team in the college football playoff. I'm going I'm to say this to you guys, and I still think this is an amazing stat. This will only be the second time since 2005 that there has not been an SEC team in the college football final game. Every year since 2005, there's been an SEC team in the college football championship game except 2014 and now 2023. Mm -hmm. Every year. That's pretty amazing stat, if you ask me. Most of these conferences, I mean, uh, Michigan and the Big Ten, they ain't won one since 2014. Uh, that, was, you know, that, was, I mean, that was Ohio State. With, with yeah, I mean, right. And, <laughs> I mean, most of these conferences don't even get there, much less have a chance to win them. So – um, you know, I think that's a huge stat. I mean, Wireman says Georgia should declare them. Listen, Wireman, after yesterday and, and Bama getting beat, I mean, honestly, I do feel like, and I felt like all season long right here on this show, I said I felt like Georgia was the better team in the SEC all year long. But you got to give Bama credit. On that one day, they, 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 they won. They won. They had the better outcome. They won. You and, and you Bama. knew. And the thing about it is you knew that whoever lost that game was most likely going to be left out and the winner was most likely going to go. And, you know, after watching Georgia – beat Florida State like that, which, granted, Florida State had a lot of guys out, but that's not the point. Georgia had been like that all year long. Um, they had dominated teams at times all year long, and I don't think there's a team in this college football playoff besides Michigan that could handle Georgia. I think Michigan is the only team that could possibly hang in a game with them. Um, so – I think if you put Georgia in this spot where Bama is, I think they're winning the national championship. But that's that's who fooled I mean, So Georgia, without all the transfers and all that, and they're still and they still had their team together. I mean, I agree with most people. I think Georgia is probably still one of the best teams and still has a, would have a great chance. However. On that day, they didn't get the job done. No, they and they and they didn't beat Bama, and mm-hmm. there was no way with the amount of undefeated and one loss teams that SEC was going to get two teams in this year. It just wasn't no. going to happen. Wasn't going to happen this year. No, not this year. Not the way. Not the way it fell. I mean, you know, there was just no way that was going to happen. So, you know, w- when Bama beat Georgia. That left Georgia out, unfortunately. And Georgia absolutely just waylaid FSU in the Orange Bowl. So we I'm not I hadn't brought this in here, but I mean just 
I mean, absolute embarrassing. I don't even, you know, and I told you guys on this show last week that 20 points wasn't even going to come close, that this game was going to get ugly. And guess what? It did fast. <laughs> so, well, and if you remember, was it last week we made our predictions? Me and yeah. you was really high on Alabama. And we, you know, we, we said Alabama would win it all and they would, they would get to the college football championship and win it. But sometimes you just, on that day, you're just not the best team. And, you know, sometimes it just don't work out the way you want it to. And that's what happened yesterday. And I did, I did pick Bama, but the reason why I picked Bama is mine. I, I, I felt like Nick like Saban, Nick Saban, it, when his back's against the wall in certain situations like yeah. that, I mean, he I more just than often like delivers. Saban and had the experience in the final game and that kind of stuff, you know, and it just, it never did you know. come to fruition. So, but the game, I mean, they played ugly. I thought yeah, I, it, it, it was it was ugly both ways, little. It was. I mean, it just wasn't an all-around good game. I didn't think. I, I thought it was really sloppy. I thought the you know the special teams was ugly. I thought the 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 Alabama center. I mean, heck, I'm not so sure that I would have replaced that guy in the darn yeah he was in the darn semifinal game. He was having I mean, some he was having some issues. I, I don't know what was wrong with that guy. I mean, seriously. Um, you know, so, I mean, it, it was just kind of ugly, if you ask me. So, um, I don't know. Now, the next game we're going to talk about last night, sure, bro. And, I don't, and I don't know if you guys, if everybody stayed up. I mean, this game was late. I mean, it, it wasn't even over till. Like one o'clock Eastern time or something like that. Like it was. I'm gonna tell you late. something. Um, and I know I might catch some flack about this, but you know, Jaden Daniels had a wonderful year. He does some outstanding things, you know, numbers wise, touchdowns wise. But for me, Michael Penix Jr. might be the biggest snub Heisman. That we've seen in a long time. Okay. I, I mean, that's true, guys. You know, he was anybody, he was throwing balls to the these receivers that darts, most man. Most, I mean, NFL, most NFL guys couldn't make, like NFL I, players couldn't even make. Over, and, and, over people's shoulder, just right in the pocket. I mean, just yeah, it was, I mean darts. And you I know, mean, so so to start with with this game. The difference between watching the Bama-Michigan game and watching this game, man, Washington just has a beautiful, beautiful offense. Yeah, they they just they play so smooth with the with with on offense. They oh they my gosh, I the mean, receivers the receivers just run beautiful routes. Um, they did lose their running back late in the game, Dylan Johnson. I, I hope who, I hope I really he don't know. Play, but- We'll I see. really don't know his status going into next Monday. But yeah, this whole thing started with a shootout. And then it kind of, you know, Washington went up 34-21. Um, Texas cut 34-28. The biggest play of the game to me was when they went up 37-28. Washington had the ball. 
And I can't remember what they – I think they ran the ball or threw the – I can't remember. But they didn't kneel down, and they gave the ball back to Texas with like a, like 50-some seconds to go. And no, Texas no, went no, right. That's not exactly – I'm going to talk about this. I was going to do it in, a, in another segment, but I'm going to talk about this. That play, I have never, ever – I don't understand it. I don't understand what happened. I don't I've, – I've never I've, – I've watched a lot of football in my lifetime, and I can't remember a time where the game was on the line and the offensive team had a, had a player get hurt and, it, and the clock stops for good and helps the other team. I've Absolutely. never seen that ever in my life. Until but I think time. I think when you get an injury, though, you have it. They have to call a timeout, though. But I don't understand why, when the player gets up off the field, why didn't the clock start again? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I know the clock has to stop while he's hurt. I but I think, but I think a lot of it has to do with they get injury timeouts, and that had a I had a lot to do with it. I don't understand. I mean, so so you get an injury late in the game when you're running the clock out, and it helps the other team. I mean, I just that's that's insane what happened last night. And you know, it almost it, it almost costed Washington the the football game. It damn near. I mean, honestly, it damn near cost them a shot in the in the finals last night. And I've never seen anything like that. I'm going to tell you something that needs to be focused on with a lot of young kids and a lot of high school kids. So the last play of the game, um, Quinn Years throws it to the corner of the end zone. And the defensive back for Washington (laughs) made one unbelievable play. If I'm a coach – Get that shit out of here. If I'm a coach (laughs) – of a high school team and guys preparing to play at the next level, I show that that film over and over and over and over because that's how you play against that kind of play. That's how I you mean, make a play. timed it perfectly right it before perfectly. it got to the receiver's hands. I mean, he just jumped up and said, get that shit out of here. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and, and I said it yesterday. I said that play needs to be shown to a lot of high school kids. That when there's a game on the line and there's a and you're getting close to the end of the game and, and you know the team has a chance to win, you show that play over and over. That's how you make a defensive stand, and that's how you, that's how you, uh, how do you say this? That's how you make your sure you're in defensive position and knowing where the ball's at. And I think that's a big. That was a big, big, big play. Because if he does not make that play, um, he most likely probably catches that ball and they, and you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a hundred percent. Now, I, a, a few things with Washington here. First and foremost, um, I want you talking about Michael Penix and the Heisman and all that kind of stuff. I just want to say this, man. Over the last two years. There's been an awful lot of hype about Caleb Williams, about Bo Nix. There's been an awful lot of hype about 
some good quarterbacks, and I'm not going to say they're not really good quarterbacks, okay? But where Michael Penix came from is most impressive. From from what he came when he was at Indiana, he was constantly injured and hurt. They blew his knee out. Blew his knee out. Was injured a lot. Was hurt. Um, and to be honest with you, there was talk, whether it came from him or, or whatever, I don't really know, but there was talk that he might actually just retire, just leave football altogether. And the job that Kelly DeBoer has done with Michael Penix and, and his um, offensive coordinator, Chubb, the job that they have done with Michael Penix is simply amazing. I mean, to watch him play, and I, here at College Sportscast, have been on Washington all season long. If you've been watching our picks, I've been saying I'm not going against them. I'm not going against them. They've been underdogs in every single one of these big games they're not getting any damn love from from the betters from Vegas. They're not, you know they're, they're undefeated. They're the first. By the way, they are the first fourteen and O Pac twelve team ever, ever. The first. That's amazing, considering that you had USC. Out there with Reggie Bush. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's the reason why I want to point that out. They are the first 14 and 0 Pac 12 team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got to give them all the credit in the world. I'm going to yeah. be honest with you guys. I'm a Husky fan next Monday night. I will say this um, about that game. You know, Michigan's front four is really, really good. You know, they got a really great defense. But we're not going to go in-depth on that until later in the week. But I will say this about this game. Michigan will be tested on defense with this offense. This offense is really good. Um, God, Texas receivers. Well, and two, Texas, everybody thought Texas would give them a, a problem because Texas is front four. But they was just eating Texas's lunch. Um, now Texas, to me, I don't think it's on Michigan's level. Hey, this is how many sacks um, Texas front four had yesterday. <laughs> yeah, but you're comparing. <laughs> but you're comparing Texas front four to Michigan's. Michigan's is probably two times that. Um, but hey, at the Texas same time, has some pretty good players on that defensive line. But at the same time, I still think. You know, Michigan's <laughs> going to be tested. Michigan's going to test that defense as well because Washington don't have the best defense. But I'll, I'll say this. I won't give you a pick, but if Washington can play at least a little bit. I didn't a give you a pick that, yet. I just said that that's I'm going to be a Husky fan. That's what I said. If Washington can have just a little bit of average defense with the offense that they got, they can win the national championship. 
They don't have to stop them every drive, but they need to stop them every every few times to win. Um, but they're going to have their hands full with Blake Corum and the receivers that Michigan's got. So I expect this game to be a really good football game. They definitely today, That's what I feel. Yeah, Norman, I say that. Everybody, we say Michigan by 25, but we we, we we go in and we preview these games, and then the teams come out, and it's a completely different game. You know, everybody thought Georgia would, would beat Alabama two I'm touchdowns. I'm telling y'all, everybody has doubted Washington every single game. Everybody. And every time they prove they prove everybody wrong. Every time I'm not denying that, Jerry. I'm not denying that Michigan has a better has a better team. But on one night in one game situation, anybody can win. You know, you look at the Georgia Alabama game. A lot of people thought Al or Georgia would beat Alabama two touchdowns. And Alabama went in there and showed them who was boss in the SEC championship. We can't really judge that until the game starts. And I, I'm with you, Wireman. I've watched them too, um, you know, off and on. Like I watched the whole game yesterday. They are different. They do have a great defense. But Washington offensively will challenge this front four. And as much as we don't want to say that, they will. Um, but I still think Michigan wins, but Washington ain't going to lay over and die on them either. So that's my take on that. So i just be honest with you guys. There is no offense in this country like Washington's offense. And they ain't really nobody – and they ain't really nobody stopped it except – what was it? Uh, they got up – they almost got upset late. In, was it Arizona State where they only won? Arizona State? Arizona 14, State or Arizona? It was 14-9 to 9 the final was. It wasn't a real – Yeah. Michael Penix had a horrible game that night, but – Yeah. But I'm telling you, there's no offense in this country. You watch this team play, and you watch these wide receivers, and 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 the running back. Now, if he's out, that's going to hurt them. It changes a little bit, yeah. You know, that's that's going to hurt them. And I don't know what his status is going to be next next week. But yeah, it was, it was Arizona State, Dave. They, yeah, Penix just was out. He was out of. He was just out of. I don't know. Now, Listen, if you're still on here, I will fully agree. I think Michigan's defense is different. I think it's better than anybody else, including Iowa. Um, I think it's I think it's better. It's than not so much else. they're different. It's not so much that they're different, though, Brad. It's just how they attack the football, like how they from side from corner to corner. That they they just yeah. how to. I mean, look at look at the Milro. Look at the Milro game. It's a really it's a really interesting matchup having what I think is the best defense versus the best offense. Well, you look at the Milro deal. Milro was running rampant on on defenses. What in the last four games of the year, he didn't run sideline to sideline against this Michigan team. He 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 had nowhere he had nowhere to go. He now he broke a few he broke a few in the fourth quarter. But beyond that, he just never really had a lot of time to run and and do what he normally does, and that's a testament to what Michigan does defensively. Penix can drop a dime on y'all's ass, though. I'm telling you, I'm he telling you, he's and, good. And their and their receivers, I don't think there's there's not a receiving core in the country, and I've been saying this all year. 
that's like Washington. And I'll put it up against Ohio State's every time. Rome Odunze it might be the might be one of the top players. And I love Marvin Harrison Jr., but I'm telling you, Odunze is something else, man. He's tough. Hail to the victors. Wireman. Oh goodness. I'm not denying that, um, Wireman, so Yeah, I got you, Warren. That's a big, that's a big part of the game um, too, Dave. Um, Washington has a really good offensive line that many people don't talk about. Um, they give yep. Michael Penix a lot of time to to throw the ball and to do what he does in the in the pocket. Exactly. Remember, I said zero, zero times he hit the ground yesterday. Yeah. Um, if we're going to go to our scoreboard, you want me to do the scoreboard? Yep. For this past weekend. You want to do basketball? You want me to do football first? You can. I'll do football. Where do we start at? We start – is it Thursday or Friday? Yeah, you start with the, the uh, Friday games. The Friday games, okay. <clears throat> Friday yeah. we had um, Kentucky and Clemson. Clemson beat Kentucky 38-35. Um, Kentucky – Kentucky should have won, by the way. Played better the entire game. game. And played um, horrible in the fourth quarter. They did. They, they, Execution they had, was they had some penalties. And then they had the, the third and sixteen. Um, soft zone had coverage, which, in the fourth which I have no idea of always playing soft zone coverage in that type of environment, anyways. So, but nobody else won it all weekend. Um, Notre Dame beat Oregon State in the Sun Bowl, forty to eight. Oregon State had hundred and ninety-seven total yards. Yeah, but you got to remember they was without a quarterback. They're without their coach. There, there was just a lot of issues there um, yep. for Oregon State. So Memphis beat Iowa State 36-26. Um, you know, Memphis was up big that game, and then Iowa State kind of made a rally, but Michigan, Memphis put it away late in the game. Um, Missouri beat Ohio State 14-3. It was not much of a game, to be honest. It was ugly. To, it was. Just, um so, Mississippi beat Penn State. Big win, big win for Missouri, though. It's a it big was. win for Missouri. Mississippi beat Penn State, 38-25. Big win Auburn, for Mississippi as well. Auburn lost to Maryland, 31-13. See, there's – I was confused about this game because Auburn come out flat. Like, I really thought Auburn would win this game. Uh, yeah, I didn't – Auburn didn't play good at all. They did not. Um, the next game – if you was alive to watch it, um, I feel sorry for you because there was a murder on national television. Georgia 63, Florida State 3. Um, it was I'll be honest with you guys. I watched very, very little of that game. It just I knew that that game was gonna be a massacre. Yeah, it was um, you it had was you had Georgia, you had Georgia who got snubbed from the college football playoff, and they wanted to go prove something. And then you had FSU who got snubbed, and they wanted to lay back and cry about it, and, and everybody else give them something. And um, what they what they got was an ass whooping. They did. <laughs> um, then you had Wyoming. Wyoming beat Toledo sixteen to fifteen. It to me that was an ugly game. Really, it wasn't a real good game to be honest. I watched a little bit of it. 
LSU 35, Wisconsin 31. It was actually an entertaining game. Um, it was a really good, fun game to watch. Um, there was some controversial calls in that game. Um, there, there's a couple on LSU side. Um, Liberty lost to Oregon 45 to 6. <sighs> Liberty just never was in this game. It was it was really over from the from the kick. Um, and by the way, Caden Salter, their quarterback, is in the transfer portal for Liberty. So, and there's a lot of talk that he might go to Auburn. I don't know what where that's going yet, but that's that's the rumor going around. Um, yeah. Tennessee beat Iowa 35 to nothing. Nico, I, I can't I can't pronounce his last name. I don't know. I'm, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last he name. He actually looked pretty good. He, uh, you know, he. If I remember correctly, he was – let's see here. He had three he rushing 12, touchdowns. I know he was that. 12 of 19 for 151 yards passing and a touchdown. Yeah. Um, and that's it because the rest of it was the playoffs. Um, yeah. And then you want me to go to the basketball scoreboard? Yeah. And basketball, guys, there wasn't much going on over the Christmas holiday. There hasn't really been a ton of big games even the last four or five days, mm-hmm. there really has been. So, John, I'm just going to give. I'm just going to give a few scores of notice. Like I'm not going to give like a whole group. Okay. Um, right. Detroit, Detroit loses again. Um, IUPUI beats them 67, 55. Listen, folks, Detroit might not win a basketball game this year. No, they might not. And we could be looking at rec- a record this year. So. Um, let's see here on this other schedule. They play Louisville. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke, guys. That's a joke. McNeese State went into Ann Arbor and beat Michigan with Will Wade, eighty-seven. Sam Sick Brad has a little bit of uh, controversy around that, but we'll talk about that at a different time. But um, yeah, Kentucky beat Illinois State ninety-six seventy. Antonio Reeves had a big night. He had 27 points. Um, let's see here. Um, Utah beat Washington State 80 to 58. Um, Colorado beat Washington 73-69. San Diego State beat Gonzaga 84-74. Gonzaga is not Gonzaga this year. No, um, they, they just don't have and they don't have the pieces that they normally have. Um, Arizona beat California 181. Arizona State beat Stanford 76 73. Then we move on to Saturday. You had Syracuse beat Pittsburgh 81 73. Um, just going through here. Liberty beat Alabama or Alabama beat Liberty 101 to 56. Um, let's see. I'm just doing games of note. Marquette beat Creighton 72-67. Yeah, that was a good game. Michigan State beat Indiana State 87-75. Hey, that's a big win for Michigan State. Indiana State's got a good team. They're a good team, and they got a really really good player in Swoop. Um, That's going to be a fun mid-major team to watch in the MVC um, conference. Um, Let's see here. Kansas beat Wichita State, 86-67. Oregon beat UCLA, 64-59. UCLA is not having 
the greatest year whatsoever out in um, Cali. Uh, Mick Cronin's having a time with that group as of late. Um, Arkansas beat UNC Wilmington 106-90. to um, Let's see here. Memphis beats Austin P 81 to 70, which Austin P gave Memphis a heck of a tussle up until the late six or seven minutes. Ohio State beat West Virginia um, in, in overtime. Um, battle, he came back for West Virginia. I think he makes them a better team. Um, Yale beat Santa Clara 66 58. Um, Grand Canyon beat Louisiana Tech 73-70. Auburn beat Chattanooga 101-66. Oregon State beat USC 86-70. Okay, on Sunday, Colorado beat Washington State 74-67. Purdue, Wayne beat Detroit. Detroit loses again, ladies and gentlemen, um, in a two-day two span. Oklahoma 72, Mama 56. Uh, let's see here. Ole Miss beats Bryant 95-74. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> Mississippi, Ole Miss is 14-0, aren't they? 14, I think 13. 13 14, yeah. Something like Stanford. that. Stanford. Stanford beats Arizona. And listen to this, folks. These numbers are going to make you your head swell. So Stanford shot from the three. 64%, and they shot 36 of 62 from the field. That's amazing. And, and Arizona shot 32 of 73. And you know who most of those shots was by? Caleb Love. He had 23. Listen, yeah. somebody besides Caleb Love is going to have to step up and be, and be a leader. Caleb Love ain't going to be able to do it on his own. But let's just be, let's just be real here. So – Washington loses again to Utah, 95-90. Um, Washington's in kind of a, a mini slump, I guess you could say. Um, and tonight, they weren't in many games yesterday. There's only three teams. Um, today, finals. Canarsie at Word beats the Lady of the Lake, 83-74. Wisconsin beats, or Wisconsin beats Iowa, 83-72. Tennessee beats Norfolk State 87 to 50. North Carolina beats Pittsburgh 70 to 57. Toledo beats Ohio 86 77. Western Michigan beats Mineville, Ohio 83 to 74. Purdue beats Maryland 67 to 53. Kent State beats Ball State 82 69. Harvard beats Albany 76 71. Georgetown loses to Creighton 77 60. East Carolina falls to Fort Atlantic. Fort Atlantic actually trailed in this game by seven or eight points early in the game, 79-64. Buffalo beats Central Michigan, 76-64. Wake Forest beats Boston College on the road. Wake Forest is a sleeper team in the ACC. Yeah, they, they have do. a really good team right now. Um, they do. Connecticut beat DePaul, 85-56. And games going on right now, as of note, um, Baylor's beating Cornell 70-57. Kansas State is ahead by seven on Chicago mm -hmm. State. Um, St. John's is beating Butler 47-44. Auburn's ahead 43-27 over Pennsylvania. And Duke 
leads Syracuse 27-22, almost halftime. And Illinois, without Terrence Shannon Jr., is beating Northwestern by 18 at home. So maybe without Terrence Shannon Jr., maybe uh, they'll you know, a decent team. I don't know what. I have to give that one time because that's a big loss for them, if you ask well, me. Well, it is, but but you got to consider who Northwestern's got. They got Boo Booey. Um, they yeah. got a really good basketball team that beat Purdue. So, right. Um, All right. So we'll, we're, we'll figure it out as the we're going to move on to the polls. We're going to move on to the basketball polls for this week. Um, Purdue remains number one, of course. Kansas is two. Houston is three. The top three remain the same from last week. Four um, is UConn. Five is Tennessee. Six is Kentucky. Seven is Marquette. Eight is UNC. Mm -hmm. Illinois comes in at nine, and Arizona fell six spots to ten. That is your top That's your top ten. Oklahoma comes in at 11. BYU 12. Colorado State is 13. Duke is 14. Memphis comes in at 15. Up four spots. Clemson climbs uh, two spots to 16. FAU is down 10 to 17 after their loss to Florida Gulf Coast. Baylor is 18. James Madison is 19. Texas is 20. Wisconsin is 21. Ole Miss is 22. Providence is 23. Gonzaga fell 11 spots to 24. And it's of note because I think they have the longest active streak in the polls like 140-something or something like that, weeks in a row. I think they have the longest active streak, and they have fell to 24. So, And Auburn comes in at 25. And receiving other votes was San Diego State. They're 26. 27 is Creighton. 28 is Colorado. I'm really surprised that Utah was not put in the post after the week they've had. But I'm glad to see Auburn finally in. I said they, they needed in two weeks ago. Um, let me answer that question that Jerry has, John. How has Tennessee ranked that high? I will explain in terms that does not make me a hater. Um, Tennessee played a rough schedule early on. You know, they played Kansas, um, Illinois, which they ended up winning. Um, I think they lost to Can- – was it Kansas and uh, – who was the team North they lost Carolina. back to back? They lost North, North Carolina. Carolina. They lost to them back to back or something there. Tough early in the year. Um, granted, you know, they've done what they need to do after that. But until Kentucky plays more games and builds up their resume, there's no reason for us to be in front of them. The main reason why we're not in front of them is because of UNC Wilmington. And people don't want to accept that, but that's just the way it is. We lost to UNC. I've been saying this. I've been saying this to some some actual Kentucky fans. I mean, listen, you can't lose those kinds of games at home on your own home floor. You don't see Kansas losing games like that at home. You don't see Duke losing games like that at home. 
you can't lose those kinds of games at home. It does mm-hmm. hurt you. That's the reason why Kentucky's metrics are or just not. not as good well as as to be, your to be fair. your your Purdue's, your Tennessee's, even Alabama has better metrics. Well, to be fair, Kentucky really hasn't had an opportunity to really build a resume. I mean, they, yeah, they played North Carolina. Um, you know, they played Penn, which Penn was not that good. But they put, but they really haven't had Kansas. Kansas, which they lost. That was the first game of the year, though. But at the same time, they really have not had an opportunity to build on quad one wins. Now, Saturday is a quad one win at Florida. Um, the, fall one Saturday, the fall one Saturday is a quad one game at Texas A&M. So yep. Kentucky's got a chance to to really dent the plate here and possibly move up. I don't think they'll get a one um, because there's too many in front right now. But Kentucky can get a two. I mean, there's a whole lot of season left. I mean, there is. if Purdue if Purdue drops two or three games in the Big Ten, you know, I mean, maybe if if you know if um, Kansas drops two or three games. If, you know, I mean, it's hard to say exactly who's going to get the one seat. I mean, I agree with you. There are three or four teams that's up there that looks like would be the number one seeds, but there's a whole lot of season left to play. Well, and well. two, you haven't even played the SEC schedule yet, and yeah. that's, a, that's a grind. You know, these road games, you know, people, you better be prepared. SEC on the road is difficult, and that's what I tell people all the time. You know, even and Kentucky, the Big Ten teams got to go play Izzo when Izzo's trying to get off the mat. I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. tough. It's tough, yeah. So, <laughs> but, the re- saying, but, but the reason you don't want to play, you don't want to play Izzo in February or March. That's not when you well, want to catch Izzo. To, to go back to what Jerry was asking, that is one of the main reasons why Tennessee's ahead of us now. Had we beat UNC Wilmington, we're probably top we three. Be, we would be in front of them. Absolutely. If we beat Wilmington, we're in front of Tennessee. A hundred percent. And I get it from a standpoint that Tennessee ain't really beat nobody either, but they did beat Illinois, um, which was a but really good But they don't have team. terrible loss like that. They don't. They don't have a mm-hmm. loss like that. They don't have they don't have a stinker on their resume. And that's, I mean, the main reason you why can't lose those games at home. I cannot well, stress you, that enough. Well, look at FAU from they went from seven. You know, they beat Texas A&M. They beat Arizona, but they've had two stinkers. They but lost then to they Bryant. lose to Florida Gulf Coast, and they're and and they bought them out. Look how far they yeah. dropped. And they and they also lost to Bryant early in the year. Yeah, I know. So those are two stinkers on the resume. The only thing keeping Fort Atlantic alive is the wins against Arizona, Texas A&M, and, a, and a, I can't remember the other team. I think it – Yeah. Was it Memphis? No, they played Memphis. Memphis later. They're, they're, that's, that's a no, conference. it wasn't Memphis. They played them later in the year. It was yeah, some other team. Was it Clemson maybe? I don't remember. But there was three wins there for Fort Atlantic that's keeping them afloat because of those two stinker games. So. Yeah. I mean, you just can't lose those games. I mean, you really can't. Not in today's. Guys, the net rankings and stuff has has only been used the past six years. So it's different. The way 
these things are done in the in the in the landscape of college basketball, it's different than it used to be. It is. The I'm yeah. not saying that the net is what gets you in, but I am saying that seeding and stuff with all the quad wins and quad one and quad two and quad three losses and quad four losses, all that matters significantly. Because that's what they base you on in that committee room. Exactly. And they they didn't used to do that. That's only been going on for the last – this is now six years. I will say this. I will say this, and we'll get off the the whole poll thing. FAU, I would hate to be a committee member when their names are mentioned for a seed because of what they're – what their resume looks like. Like, where do you spot them? Like, I mean, yeah, they got some good, they got some great wins and man alive, they got some stinkers. All right. I got a couple of quick pick six things that I want to do tonight. So I want, I seen you guys doing a little bit of talking about this and I was busy and couldn't get in the conversation. So on, on a group chat, Give me, John, your top six best college football announcers that you have always like, loved to listen to. Like a nap, like you talking TV, about like TV play-by-play guy or play, it could be play by play, can be color, you know, just okay. somebody that's on a broadcast that you have always liked listening to in football. Number one, number one for me. It's Keith Jackson. Um, it's got to be. It has to be, man. Like, he was the be. granddaddy of them all. You know, he's the one that got me connected to the Rose Bowl. Um, yep. He just – he was pure football. Um, two – let's see. Two, I would have to go with um, – I like John Saunders. Um, rest in peace. John Saunders was an ABC host, yeah. um, ESPN host. He was a really good um, guy they brought up on ESPN, ABC. Um, Craig James was another favorite of mine. Um, I love to hear him speak. He he has a lot of knowledge about the game of football. Um, my most underrated one, though, would have to be Todd Blackledge um, with um, Sean McDonough. You know okay. them two. Them two together are really, really great. Um, and I also like Mark May. Brent Musburger. I like Brent Musburger. Um, Brent Musburger was pretty good. He was. Um, Tom Hart would be another one. And I know people's going to ask me, why do you not have Kurt Herbstreit in there? The last few years. Kurt Herbstreit has not been the same as he was when when it was coming up the early 2000s. I don't know if he's changed the way he he broadcasts or if he changes the way he does things, but he's got a lot of enemies, honestly, um, the last couple of years. Yeah. And which I'm not just, saying I was just wanting to know like all time. I mean, Brent Musburger's he, he's called a lot of good games, man. And and he has. ABC wise and stuff, um, and like I said, nothing, nothing against um, Herbie. Herbie, I like <laughs> Herbie. I think he's a great guy. I just think there's a lot of things that he needs to to change. 
his 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 favoritisms what what I don't understand. Like he has certain things that he favors and which I get it as an announcer, but yeah. you gotta be you gotta be neutral in that department and that's how I feel about it. But if I had to slide one more in there though, um it would probably be um Cole Kublik. Um the way he breaks down film, the way he breaks down a lot of things. He's he's top notch when it comes to football. So Josh says Tom Hart, Dave Baker, Jim Nance, which I was going to say my next topic is basketball, and I was going to put Jim Nance in in the basketball for me. One would have to be Jim Nance. I mean, if you top six best college basketball announcers, that's that's my next one. I was going to put Jim Nance in the basketball. That's tough, man. Um, I mean, for me, I'm just going to be honest, and I know he's very controversial, and I know that a lot of people don't like him. But for me, I, it's for me, it's Dick Vitale. He's the goat. Yeah, if you ask me, he, he's great. Yeah. Um, to me, it's Dick Vitale. Jim Nance. Jim Nance, and I'll give you another one that I don't think a lot of people would rattle off right away. But when you think about it. He's got to be one of the top six, yeah. and that's Bill Rafferty. Bill Rafferty. I tell you, I tell you, another one that's getting to be very favorable to me what? is is Iron Eagle. I like yeah. Iron Eagle. He, yeah, he's, I, yeah, he's I like coming Iron on. Eagle. Um, but one of my favorite broadcasters, and he does not get a lot of love nowadays, is Fran Fraschilla. Um, I love Fran. I love him on those Big 12 games. He he breaks down a lot of things and he brings it to to light and he knows how to he knows how to, you know, st- he, I wouldn't say stir up the masses, but he knows how to bring light to a positive situation. And he does yeah. that every day on Twitter and he knows how to handle certain things and, and I've always liked Fran for Shiva. Um, Send it in, Jerome. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Brad Nessler has to be up there too. Um, Nessler is a really good. Um, Nessler's a good one. That's a good one. Yes, Gary Cohen has to be up there too. Um, I think he's a. Um, I think he worked with the Mets, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it's who it is. Yeah, it's it's Cohen. He worked. He works for Westwood One. Um, he's a really good um, announcer. Um, Marv Albert would be on. Marv Albert would be on my list too. Well, was but Marv Albert was more pro. He wasn't college. He's more pro, but he did some college games during the tournament a couple of years ago, and um, but the goat to me, I'm just going to say it and. He's been he's been this way since the last three or four years, and that's Kevin Harlan. People, he's underrated, man. Like he's anybody that can announce two games at one time while they're going on, and recall <laughs> a Super Bowl of a guy going butt naked in the Super Bowl and him playing the play-by-play up. You remember when he did that with the Tampa Bay Bucks? He said, put on your yeah. pants. 
be a man. <laughs> yeah. He's a pro. Yes. He's pro, though, right? No, he does college. Does he do college? Talking about Kevin Harlan? Yeah. He called he called the um Furman Furman Virginia upset last year. Okay. Yeah. He calls the NCAA tournament. All right. Jerry Carter wants to know about your shirt. Where's he said it? I got it on the screen. You should see it. Five slamma jamma. It is a it is a home field throwback, guys. Yes, sir. You can check out our home field at homefieldapparel.com. Use if you've never bought anything from there, use our code CSCAST to get a 15% and, discount. They have really, really cool retro throwbacks and mascots <laughs> and stuff like that. Like that from every team. Um, so quick check story. John got quick story. Quick story, quick story behind that. Um, I met a guy off Twitter. Um, T T T three bracketology. Um, I met him. You you've met him just as recently, but I, I've known him probably two to three years. Well, yeah. Radio, I was having Josh, I agree. I was having a Nobody's I was having a really I was really having a tough time um last year and and especially in 2023 and some things was going on and and he reached out to me and he said I'm I'm just going to get you something for Christmas. He said what do you want? And honestly, I didn't really know at the time. I was trying to figure out cuz I didn't I don't really need a lot of stuff. But I said, you know, I'd really like a throwback shirt from home field. And he said, pick it out. And I, you're, you're, it's sent to you. So I picked it out. It was down to it. And um, some, I think it was Larry Bird, Indiana State. And I said, well, I want this one. I want the five slam jamma with Houston, with Clyde Drexler. Because that was, growing up, that was my favorite player in the NBA. was Clyde Drexler, Hakeem Olajuwon, um, yeah. and, and those guys. So, and he ended up sending it to me as a gift. Never met the guy. Never knowed him. I just know him through, you know, DMs. We're, knowing we're, through, in, we're in groups and stuff. In group chats. And he's don't he's a bracketologist. He's a really yeah. good bracketologist for college basketball. If you're not following him, check him out. It's at T3 Bracketology. Um, he, yeah. He's a good one to follow. Yeah, there, is on a lot, there is a lot of – uh, guys that are similar to like me and John doing this on their own, who are excellent, excellent in the bracket. bracket. Um, I know Dr. Duncan Stein, yes, sir. Griffith <laughs> from Louisville. Yep. Yeah. He, he was a good one. Absolutely. I was alive remember, during that, Mike. You remember, you remember Dr. J? Rock the baby. <laughs> uh but um but yeah there's a couple of them that i really i really like is uh nky brackets from northern kentucky um yep. 801 bracketology is one JB, um, uh, jbr bracketology is really yeah, good uh, as well. there's another one um maiden march is another good one 
He's a yep. really good one. Eight March uh, is a good one. I mean, there's there is a bunch of that oh. are really really good at doing this bracket. Way better, right. way better than some of these guys you see on CBS and ESPN and bracket, all these bracket Dom. Bracket Dom's another one. Bracket Dom is excellent. He, he's actually one of the top ones every year. He actually won it last year. If we're yeah. if we're being, well, I, I say he's one of the top almost every year. Year he's one of the. I'm going to say this. Since basketball season, since basketball season's up in full gear, conference season's coming up, and the national championships next week, our football talk will kind of slim down. Um, now there will be some transfer portal news, and there'll be some coaching news, stuff like that. But we're going to get more into basketball, and when we do, there's a good chance we could we'll bring some of those bracketologists on. I would say we will. We probably will start bringing some on around the first of February, um, and, and about a month from now, um, we will probably for about maybe at least every other week we'll try to have one on through the middle of March when when everything comes out. Um, mm -hmm. We probably will because we know of a, a bunch of good ones, so we'll probably try to get a few oh. on. Steve Hagel. Steve Hagel's another one too. Steve um, was on our show like four or five times last year. Steve's you a, Steve's paid a, attention to college he's awesome too, So Steve's an awesome guy. He was on our show a bunch last year. Yeah. All right. So we're going to end our show with the good, the bad, and the ugly. So you can go basketball. You can go football. You can go the bowl games. You can go college football playoff. What is your good of the past week in college sports? Oh, well, why don't you go first and I will. All right. So my good, I'm going to go twofold here, okay? There was two guys last year that made some promises about getting their team back to college football playoff and a chance at a title. And that was J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix Jr., who went out and both got the job done. I will say that Penix Jr. had a much better game overall, but both of them got the job done. And for me to, to broadcast it out there all year long, Michael Penix had been saying this all year, so has J.J., for both of these guys to do this and to come through in the clutch is huge. It's absolutely the good for college sports for me in the past week. My, I'll go my good. I'll go the good next. My good is this was the best college football playoff that we've had probably in this era. Um, from both sides, because if you look back at some of the other games, there's been some blowouts, and these games were one possession games going into the fourth quarter, <laughs> and it we it was absolutely place. fantastic. They, they come down to the last place, both of them. They did. did. They come down to the last place. I felt like that's the good. Um, then I'll let you go to the bad, and then I we'll just like do it one for one yeah. like that. Yeah. So the bad. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the Michigan Alabama game. 
Like it was just really sloppy for me. I I just I I know the game wound up being a good overall game and going into overtime and come down to the last play and all that kind of stuff. But I just I thought it was for for three quarters of that game. I thought the game was kind of boring, to be honest with you. Um, it was just sloppy. There was a lot of special teams mistakes by Michigan. There was a ton of mistakes that were just boneheaded mistakes by Alabama uh, that just kept happening throughout the game. So for me, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say that game overall was on the back for me. My bad. I'm, I'm gonna go sugar or not sugar bowl, but um, orange bowl. Georgia and well, and that's, that's that could be that could that could be ugly. But I got yeah. twofold on the ugly. So yeah, the bad. Bad. The, the thing about it is, is I get it. There was a lot of opt outs. There was a lot of playing. But at the same time, you look down the roster with Georgia. They had just about the same. Opt outs as Florida State did. Transfers but, and everything. Except, yes. except maybe the, the starting quarterback, which Jordan Travis did not help. He was injured and Carson yeah. Bate was there. But right. the thing about it is, is I understand why it happened. You know, with, with them being upset over not being in the college football playoff. But I feel like this is one of those instances where you say, I'm just going to take my ball and I'm going to go home more or less. And I'm going to cry about it until – That was pretty bad. I'm, I'm going to have to give bad. you on that one. Um, that was pretty bad. I just, I just feel like, you know, and even Kirby, even Kirby made a mention of this in his post-game press conference. He said, this is changing the way college football is. And he said, I don't know what college football is going to do, but they need to figure it out because – It's called it's, – I said it in a, in a clip, and I said it on the last show – at the end, I mean, it's called no transfer portal was open until after the bowl games. It's that simple. It's that simple, yeah. It's that so simple. What you, uh, so what you, uh, what you, uh, that's, that's, how you, that's how you fix that. All right. Because we're talking about college football playoffs and everything, and I'm, I'm sure there's other, listen, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do twofold on this one. All right. I'm going to do two for my ugly, okay? First is FSU. I mean, quit crying. There were other teams that deserved to be in, like Georgia and stuff, almost as as, as just like you, basically. And Georgia went out and kicked y'all's ass because all y'all want to do is bitch and moan and fuss and cry and talk about how awful the ACC is and just how bad it is. And I don't know what we're going to do. we got to get out of here and all the stuff and just quit. Damn. I mean, honestly, quit your damn bitching and crying and go play some football and not get your ass beat 63 to three on yeah. national TV in the orange bowl. If that's not ugly, then I don't know what the hell is. And my second ugly, what in the hell? There was three timeouts, back-to-back, Bama called timeout. 
Michigan calls timeout. Bama calls timeout. Then they draw up a play where you run right into a damn brick wall with Jalen Milrow. That was the ugliest play call with a game on the line that I've ever seen. All right. A so it's for a national championship on the line, and you just run into a wall. Where do you think you're going? I'm going to go ugly here, um, but it's not going to be what you think. Um, so this has to do with pro football, um, the NFL, because there was two things this weekend that was ugly, which I get it. It, it helped my team win, but still it was a black eye. And then there was another thing that happened Sunday that just left a black eye to the NFL as well. So if y'all didn't watch Saturday night, Dallas got a call that benefited them because a player had not been – apparently he – they said two reported and only one should be able to report to the official. Well, apparently the official got the numbers wrong. Instead of 68, it was it was 70. And he even said it on – they even said it on the PA. They said 70 is now reported eligible. And it was actually 68 that caught the pass. Well, a flag was thrown. It took Detroit out of the win. And now there's controversy behind that. And now Dallas, all they have to do next week is win, and they're in as the number two seed, which I know fans are saying, well, Dallas cheated, Dallas did this. Well, not really. It was A lot of it was the officiating. The officiating overall has been very poor this year, pro-level, college level it's just not been real good at all the second part of this i don't know if you've seen this brad but the owner of the pitch of the carolina panthers swung his drink all over the jacksonville jaguars fans um i didn't see it that's another black guy what is going on in the nfl is disgraceful and just flat out just from down to referees to this, it's a it's like Brad always says, it's no hose barred like college football. There's no rules, which they ended up finding the guy, I think 300 k But still, if 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 you throw a, a cup, say that was a coach and he threw a cup on a fan, he'd be fired. Let's just Let's just call it what it is. Let's just call it yeah. spade a spade. And you know, there's no there's no reason for owners to be throwing their drinks on fans that love the game of football, and especially, you know, the opposition. Maybe you don't like that team, but you don't go and start throwing drinks on people. Um, it's just, it's just a bad look for the NFL. It's a it's a black eye. Um, I think Roger Goodell has let a lot of things go on. That shouldn't be going on um, recently. I'll just leave it at that. But to me, that was the two uglies this weekend. You know, the refereeing and even – I'm not saying NFL. I, I'm talking about college. Even college is getting to where it, it's getting watered down. And, and it's absolutely pitiful. Um, and it needs – and things need to change. All right, guys. Our next show is going to be Thursday, College Sportscast Game Day Pick'em. 
We, of course, are going to cover the college football final in a lot more depth um, between Michigan and Washington. We That will be one of the big things that we do. And then we are also going to be picking basketball games um, over the weekend on Thursday night at 8 o'clock. So check us out then for College Sportscast Game Day Pick'em. Um, real quick, I want to try to answer a couple of questions Mike asked about Big Z and if, uh, you know, what's kind of going on with that. He is back in the in Lexington, and um, from my indications is, is that they do believe that a final um, ruling is coming soon. Of course, Kentucky is hopeful that he does get to play with that ruling, but I do believe that is why they, he came back is to get that final ruling, whether or not whether or not he does get to play or not, I'm not sure. I would I would tend to think with it being this long and a little money issues being in the way from um, – I, I would tend to think that that's not a good sign, um, but you never know when it comes to that. So I just wanted to answer that before we leave. I'll, 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 I'll say this. I was reading today. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you know Big Blue Buddy. Blue Buddy, Big Blue Buddy. He's on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> he had reached out to somebody from somebody where the NCAA eligibility center was about a billboard that had free Big Z on it while the um, NCAA employees have to drive by that billboard every single day. And they're trying to get Big Z's picture on there and post it on there from a bunch of UK fans to get them to get them to release him and let him play. Um, you talk about causing a controversy. I'm, you know, you get a bunch of fans together and and, and do that. That's, you know, hey, if they have yep. to look at it every day, eventually they're gonna get tired of looking at it. They'll be like, you know what, just let him in. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You know, I, I am actually a little surprised that he come on back. So that is a good sign. I'm not going to sit yeah. here and say that that's well, not know, a good sign. You know, you know, he's frustrated. But, I mean, his family and him, and you know, he's got a twin listen. brother that plays on a, on on that team over there, and he could have stayed in you know in Croatia and played there. Well, and he's he the come back. So, he has a lot of upside, and people don't realize that he was a what a mid. In, end of in, NBA draft pick. Like, this is yeah. not just any – this is just not any player. This is a really good basketball player that could really help this Kentucky team moving forward. So, it's not like they're just right. putting in a guy that ain't ain't never played a game of basketball in his life, you know? That's right. All right. So, I just wanted to answer – or, you know, kind of cover that real quick. So I appreciate everybody being on with me. Clyde, uh, Bo, Football Talk with Bo. Great, great show. Check him out. He has a great show. NFL, NFL fan. And if you're an NFL fan and you don't know Football Talk with Bo, he does an awesome, awesome job. Check him out. Um, he does a pick as well. He's, he's, 
He's an ex-player. He does awesome stuff. So check him out, Football Talk with Bo. He's on with us here. I'll put well, him up had, on the screen. We, we had Jerry out here, Josh Hart, um, Mike Dow. Yep. Um, Mike John Dow. Was, was up here. Clyde's um, been on with us. Uh, Clyde. Um, oh, just Jalen was on with us earlier. Um, he said Detroit basketball yep. had been terrible Dave, in 2000. Dave, Dave was on um, with us. Dave, um, yeah. At the beginning, Wireman, Anthony Wireman was on. Wireman, Wireman was on yeah. with us. So, any, I just want everybody to know we appreciate everybody being on with us. Um, mm -hmm. And like I said, if you are a, a NFL fan, oh, um, we forgot. We forgot check out Robert, Robert Rhodes was on with us too. Yeah, Robert, I seen him in here. He was on with us. We mm -hmm. appreciate him as well. Everybody, so. It's good well, to see everybody Josh, in here. Josh, Josh said something. He said, you didn't answer my question. It's okay. I understand. I don't know what he was wanting. What was he? He asked a question about. I think his question, question was about. I think his question was about the transfer portal. Oh, okay. Happy New Year, Jerry. I appreciate it. Josh, I mean, I think it's horrible. I think it needs changed. I don't know if they will. I think there's a lot of coaches. I mean, that, you know, uh, Kirk Ferentz was, was talking about it. Kirby Smart was talking about it. I mean, there are some coaches that are wanting um, – um, um, uh, even Lane Kiffin was talking about it, and he's reaping benefits, and he was talking about how terrible it is this time of year. I think it needs changed. Hey. It can't be too terrible because he's got a loaded class. <laughs> I mean, but he, but even he talked about it. Okay, so you know. So anyway, I mean, Josh, I tried to answer it. I think it. I think it could be changed. With it with these coaches, big coaches stepping up and talking about it. And there the, is and, a possibility. I tell you something else too. I forgot to add. There's a lot of great basketball games on this Saturday. So we, we get into conference play this weekend. So Yeah, we'll talk about um, them on game day pick them. We'll pick some yeah, there's of them. Yeah, there's quite, there's quite a bit of them. So there's, a, there's some really good SEC games this weekend. Yep. The old dome is going to be crazy. If you're I tell you where I'm at. And Ole Miss, Ole Miss actually goes on the road to play Tennessee, which their, their undefeated streak is on the line Saturday. So we'll find out how good Ole Miss is this weekend. Yeah. All right, guys. It's been a great show. It's been good to be back with you guys. Hope everybody had a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And, and Brad ate his pecan pie. Brad had his pecan pie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we are back now. We'll be back on Thursday. Now, this coming week, we usually do a Sunday weekend wrap-up show. I will hold that off to Tuesday because hey, I got a hey Brad, I got a quick question the, for you. The game is on Monday. I got a quick question for you, Brad. Who who got the NFL one seed? That ugly team with the with the red and red and gold. You know who they are. I don't like the 49ers either, so I don't like either <laughs> one. Hey Jerry, I had to do that to you, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't like either one of them. I don't care. I hope we kick y'all's ass every time we play you. So, you know, I'm just letting y'all know. Go Cowboys, Jerry. Go how, about them cow- how about them Cowboys? <laughs> y'all have a good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>